Hi, and welcome back to the Legal Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Danny. I'm a recently qualified barrister who works in human rights and public interest law, and I also do some consultancy on the side, as well as running the website www.legaldiaries.ie and the Instagram page at legaldiaries.ie. On the podcast, we dive deep into all things health, fitness, mindset, studying, habits, dating, and career, and probably so much more. I will aim to bring you the tools and actionable steps to smash your goals, inspire you to take bold action, and above all else, put yourself first. Hello everyone and welcome back to another Legal Diaries podcast. I am super excited today because I'm joined by the wonderful Matthew, who's the person behind the Sibley Food Company. So I will just hand over to him to introduce himself. Hey Danny, um, thanks for having me, first of all. <laughs> um, that was far too generous of an introduction as well. <laughs> um, so I suppose my name is Matthew Collins. I'm from Belly Desmond in North Cork, a very small village. Um, and I'm 23. And I suppose I started the food company in college. I was in third year of college, studying to be a PE teacher, PE and English teacher. And I kind of started with a Christmas market and I'm sure we'll get into bits of that later on. But um, it gradually built up and now we're at a we're still very like it's still a really small business it's not even a small business it's a really really small business but um yeah look we're the aim was to feed as many people as we can and we're doing that i hope yeah <laughs> as of now and how so you started in third year so obviously you went to college to pursue PE and English teaching which in itself is for anyone who's not Irish or even Irish people listening is very it's a very unique combination like you'll never be stuck for jobs I'd say teaching hopefully (laughs) hopefully um um but so like you did something it's not as if you went to do like culinary or I can never say that word but uh (laughs) in college or anything to do with food like you went to do PE and English so like what made you go in third year I'm going to start a, a, a business that focuses on food. Yeah, well, I suppose the college journey um, is an interesting one to say at least. I, I did my leaving cert and I was convinced that I was going to be an architect. I was I liked, I liked enjoyed drawing, sketching the works. And I actually did a year of architecture first before changing over. Hated it from day one. Like, loved all the people in and we had such a laugh, but just did not enjoy the course at all. Um, so then changed P, but that's a side story. Um, so I suppose then in terms of like the food is, I suppose I always kind of say when you move to college, you become self-sustaining Um there's no one there to feed you, make your meals. And I was always interested in food since a really young age, I suppose. My uncle in Australia used to come home more regularly before lockdown. Um, and he's a chef and a chocolatier. And I remember being 13, 14 and making um, like top class chocolates in my grandmother's kitchen when he was home I wasn't doing anything I was just like whatever cleaning up (laughs) but um like we were making pastry yeah yeah that's exactly it but like we made pastry from scratch and I always had an interest in food but then as I was saying you become self-sustaining when you move to college and you were gradually cooking more and then I started baking I suppose as well Joan you're fancying a sweet treat and then it gradually I'd say your roommates loved you in college 
Um, I, I don't know about that. I had, I had far more flaws than positives, I imagine. But um, uh, Yeah. So it just kind of started. And or did you always intend it to be... So did you set it going, I'm going to kind of... Because you specialise in, say, desserts. Um, in particular, the love of my dessert life being cheesecake. Um, seems to be one of your, your big products. Did you set out to be that kind of type of food or did you just kind of land in it well i suppose the initial like food company or whatever you would call it or mini business was intended to be health food in terms of um i was big into my health and nutrition i still am like i suppose being a pt you kind of have to be as well but um i was big into it was so difficult to get snacks like good snacks and like at a reasonable price mm. but so that's actually where the name the Sydney came from it was going to be like an acronym of sorts on the Eat Responsibly Food Company. So get rid of Respond and put in Sibley. So the Sibley Food Company. But a bit crazy and stupid, I know what you look. Here but we see, are. It's so funny later. though, because when we'll get into it, but like you, obviously you're involved in the company and you're assisted by your sisters who are your siblings. So that's genuinely where I thought it came from initially. Yeah, um, a lot of people <laughs> came with that. Yeah, you. and then I had I it honestly hadn't crossed my mind until I'd say it was probably the first Christmas back. They were like, "Oh, your siblings," and we were like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> we were like, "No." <laughs> um, but sorry, I completely went off task there anyway. Once again, but um, then I suppose the it was going to be a, a health food company in terms of you know like healthy snacks, but you quickly realise like the demand is not actually there for a huge amount of health food. And I suppose one of your prime examples, like if you look at a bigger scale, like, you know, naked smoothies, we've, we all know the controversies with how much sugar and those, whatever, but like Coca-Cola on them. Mm. So like, it's like how small the naked market is compared to how many bottles of Coke they sell per day. I know. But, um, and even like all the Christmas markets and whatnot we've done so far, we probably sell, I suppose we've only done like, what, six, seven Christmas markets most, but we probably sell 15 times the amount of sugary sweets as we do to our sugary treats compared to our health snacks and um, they're just not and we do sell a lot of health snacks like day to day but they just the demand is not there yeah there's a key kind of market i think that goes out to purchase them like i'm one of those people that will always look in say like in the supermarket i'm thinking of particularly super value like they always have their like healthy kind of fridge snacks with the protein bowls and all of that kind of stuff so like i'm 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 a sucker for that kind of area because i'm like it's like it's sweet but it's healthy so like i can eat it um but um yeah it's it's and have you ever thought did you ever kind of think oh, we'll link up with like a gym to see if there's demand in cafes or anything. Or have you just kind of stuck to super, like, sorry, I'm getting like way ahead of your, <laughs> of the business. Yeah. So, so you started out um, intending to do healthy snacks. So did you test that market or did you just kind of ask around and then decide to scrap it and then go with the more kind of sweet treats? Yeah, well, I suppose the I was always kind of making my own healthy snacks in terms of like um, granola, flapjacks, this kind of stuff. And then it came to the first opportunity to actually make it something, make the Sibley something that wasn't just in my mind was in December 2018. I was in a college lecture and I saw this notice that there was a local Christmas market on home and I think someone had dropped out or whatever. So I kind of rang them and was like, oh, um, I had to leave a message. And um that I'd love a stall or whatever. 
and your man rang back and he was kind of a bit apprehensive. He was like, oh, who are you? Like, because it was case. Oh, you needed to be something already. But um, he was lovely. They were so nice. But then I kind of realized, like, we're coming up to Christmas. Like, people aren't going to queue up to buy granola bars. Like, it's Christmas. <laughs> um, and, like, I knew I could bake, like, brownies had become big, like, pretty popular just among friends and whatnot. So initially they were, like, our go-to snack as well as some cheesecake. Whereas the cheesecake was a slower burner. The brownies just kind of took off from that Christmas market onwards. So that was how we ended up on the sweet treat path. Um, and then I suppose that Christmas, the Christmas market was the 2nd of December, 2018. Then we got a few orders for the following Christmas, for the Christmas, like after that, two weeks later. And that was it. It was born <laughs> in a very small manner. <laughs> yeah. And you, and then how did you, so did you initially always start out in your, by yourself or did you bring your, your siblings um, on board straight away? Um, well, I suppose like it was always kind of, it was me for most of it, but then in terms of you're not going to go to a Christmas market on your own, if that makes sense. Um, so my sister Emer came to the first one and she was like working away. Um, and then I suppose I was always doing solely doing the cooking. And then it was only this summer that we ended up going with Emer was there, then Chris was there and then Barry comes in and out now and then he's only second year in school. So he likes to take it easy for a while, but, um, yeah, it was kind of a gradual build up, but like it's a lot easier to do it with people than do it on your own. <laughs> I'm just going to briefly, quickly pause. I will edit this out. I just... Oh, sisters being involved. Yes. Um, what was the final, last question? You oh, were... that they, yeah. they were gradually involved. Yeah. That's what I was after saying. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and I finished what you can't do it on your own or something. Along yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Yeah, I suppose like because you can't you can stop a Christmas market by yourself. It's like when you are kind of because you could probably if you were just solely kind of delivering things to shops and stuff, you could probably like maybe um wing it or go at it yourself. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. um and is it is there any ever any like rivalry in working with siblings or how have you found that or is so uh, it's <laughs> your business is it or how how is that kind of dynamic played out? And um, yeah, like I suppose it's my business, but the girls seem to be very happy in terms of like, like I'm sure they're delighted on a Friday evening. They probably finish at half ten, and like be falling in the door at like two o'clock in the morning, um, and not falling in the door and like after having a good crack for the night, like, um. So I'm sure they're glad then, and like you've the mornings where you're starting at five a.m. or whatever, and they might come out at eight. So I'm sure there's the bit of relief then. Um, but no, it's really good. Like they're brilliant. Um, they're absolutely brilliant. And I suppose sometimes we're in the kitchen, like everyone just kind of pops on their headphones, and works in harmony. <laughs> no talking to each other. And how have you? And you're? Are you the eldest? Yeah, I am indeed. So um, you're. So then, you're the. Yeah. So you're the big brother with the business, and they get to go in and get a bit of pocket money when they go in and help you. Yeah. Yeah. Too much pocket money. So much. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so you started um, with the Christmas markets and you started making more kind of sweet treats. So the brownies were the big kind of thing at the start and then the cheesecakes as well. Um, how, and I noticed recently on Instagram, so you only moved into a separate space recently, like your own kitchen. So like, how was that managing from 2018 onwards kind of I assume in your parents kitchen um 
doing yeah. all of the baking, all of everything um, with everyone else? Um, oh, it was like <laughs> it was a complete another disaster, really, for the most part. But um, no, my parents are actually so good about it. Um, they kind of just. Um, my mother saw this like bench on Dundee and like she was literally every day she was on the internet for something just to see could like I get out of her way and I'd say if the bench would have fit into the garden shed it would have been out there as well but um, no she found a bench like a trolley where all the ingredients could go under and then I could work on top um, and I was like to the very corner of a kitchen uh, of the kitchen sorry a kitchen <laughs> um, but no they were brilliant like sure they were so understanding about everything that was um, going on like and I suppose initially like it wasn't say for the first probably six months like it might have only been two or three cheesecakes a weekend sure like you you, know, you could have thrown those together yeah. kind of, it wasn't a big interruption to like day-to-day -day life but then I suppose um last Christmas like Christmas Eve the house was absolutely covered in between boxes stickers and cheesecake <laughs> there was cheesecake on the walls by the end of it and then I suppose we I know we get into this in a while or whatever as well but once lockdown hit and I started to increase the business because it was my sole concentration. Um, it was, uh, I can't even describe what was going on. Like, uh, <laughs> it was like we were literally taking like meat and everything out of the fridge and being like, right, just put in the cheesecakes, keep it cold, it's fine. <laughs> and yeah, no, like that was difficult because it was, I suppose, even like I probably had to wait until they were up in the mornings to start working. And if I didn't, if I wasn't able to wait, like if deliveries had to be out early, like I remember getting like the food processor and like wrapping it up in a huge blanket <laughs> in the sitting room and turning it on because it wouldn't make much noise and like obviously it woke them anyway but like uh, oh it was my a god account. I so, think um, your parents are so glad you're out in the yard now like obviously you're in your own kitchen and stuff and it's great but I'd say your parents are like so glad oh god they're the, they're the real winners here I think new lease um, of life for them <laughs> geez yeah they have their kitchen back um like I, I know one of the walls that um like the bench was facing onto um dad was like painting it over last when was it probably a month ago now and it actually took like three or four coats of paint because there was just like butter cream and you know like you wipe it down but like yeah there's not much you wipe it down when it's on a wall on a wall like it's not even a cleanable surface or whatever they call it oh and like what made you kind of take the plunge after the first market in 2018 because that was your first kind of sales was it the wood the christmas market in 2018 yeah, absolutely. Um, so we did that and like, it has to be said, like friends, like I have friends and stuff that travel, say it was in Cantork, which is about 20 minutes away from where I actually live. But like friends traveled, literally just pick up a few brownies and stuff, which like I'll forever be grateful for. Um, like we just set up and Donald, like one of the lads turned up and we were like, hey, we're not ready. So thank God it's you. Yeah. But um, like people are so good to support. And then I suppose like bit by bit, as I was saying, that Christmas we had a few orders. We probably like, I think there was 20 orders over the whole, like the two or three days running up to it. And then after that, the I was like, oh, like January, like we're not going to sell anything. But we actually went on a run of, it was 2018, 2019. We went from December to the first week of June, because I was actually in America. Um, we sold cakes every single weekend since the 2nd of December. And like it wasn't, no, it wasn't huge amounts. Like, don't be delusion, um, in delusion that it was. But it was say, even if we were getting like two cheesecakes, I was happy because like they're the ones that count. Like, um, yeah. 
like that's customer loyalty there it's the people that kind of come back and will stay with you even if you get bigger and you you kind of expand the business they're the people that will have been there since the the start um and how easy was it for you um because you kind of alluded to earlier that like when you approached the christmas market that you weren't really taken seriously initially when you said you wanted to set up a stall um how like how hard was it for you to get set up in the Christmas market was it just once they got over the fact that you did have a business and you had things to sell um was it easy so say if if I if I'm listening now and I am really good at not even baking but like making something or even a small business and COVID hopefully permitting 2021 Christmas I want to set up in a Christmas market like how how easy of a process was it for you or how difficult um, it's actually not that difficult a process like I suppose you need to like as you know yourself with legal lawyers if you're going to commit yourself to something you need to just accept that your spare time is going to like it, it has to be done in your spare time so therefore your spare time <laughs> will become less um less uh recreational yeah but it wasn't anything huge challenging I suppose the first thing I did was I was in um I was in a P lesson with or we were in we were doing some projects in college and I was sitting beside my friend Sam and I was like, Right, I need to order business cards and I literally remember we were sitting there and I was like, What like what's my foot in a business card? I was like, I have a logo and I was like, What else do I put in it? So our first business card was just um it was like, Oh uh the Sydney was on it and then at the bottom it was like um Instagram, Facebook. And I was like, Oh god, I have them at home somewhere. But um that was the first step, get few business cards. Then I was like, oh my God, like you go to Christmas market and you need to sign. I was like, where am I going to get a sign from? But so what I did was I was in architecture, as I mentioned, the for the year. And I texted one of the girls and I was like, um, here, I know I've got a huge like A0 printer. I was like, if I send you a photo, will you print it off? And they were like, <laughs> yeah, no matter. Uh, printed it off. And I literally walked out of the architecture studio with this. It was just like a huge piece of paper. And it started to rain, so I literally sprinted back to the car with this <laughs> and um, threw it into the back of the like Nissan Micra. And it was like by the time we hung it up, like it was crumbled. It was it just wasn't a, a good thing. But um, after that, like the night before the market was just mental, but it was so enjoyable. Like um, I think we made ninety six brownies, which like when I look back now, like that's absolutely nothing. Like that's only yeah. ten trays of brownies or eleven trays, and we'd. Have all day to do it <laughs> but um we made 96 brownies was the number and then we had like other bits so we had um flapjacks we'd rocky road and then i brought two big cheesecakes like two nine inch cheesecakes and i was like jesus sure if we sold those we'd be doing really well and then i suppose we rocked up the next day and back like the little micro down the hill packed the brim with stuff and um yeah we set up on a table and thankfully we actually we sold out that day that's and insane. they invited us back for that last year <laughs> oh that's such a nice story though it's such like a nice kind of like wholesome really self-starter story like it'll always stay with you like that first christmas market no matter how where you oh, go God, yeah, with the yeah. sibley um and so you did you apply to be a part of the christmas market or how how did that process work yeah, so, sorry, I went completely off ta- task once again. This is me, I'm meant to be teaching, keeping students on task. Um, no, but I suppose I just saw a notice somewhere and it was, I think it was on Facebook, someone had dropped out and they had one table left or whatever and it was 40 euros, I think. 
and I was like, fuck it, like I'll just text them and see. But then it was only when they rang me back, I was like, oh shit, like, <laughs> oh sorry. Um, I was like, I've literally signed up to this now, so um, better do something with it. <laughs> and it, like it was, like, you'll always look back at the fondly, no matter what, like if this whole thing goes bust, like, we've had some, like, we've had the time for our lives doing it, like it's just been yeah. brilliant. But once again, like it's down to people being really supportive and like, it, it is incredible how kind people are because, you I suppose we were talking about it before we even started recording this that like social media can have such a big influence you know with TikTok and all that's going yeah. on at the moment but like people are so good to even just like pop it up in their story that oh Christmas market's on here and because I think I'd like was it like three no it was 500 followers at the time so like you know if you put that up you're not actually reaching like yeah that huge amount of people but um yeah that was it yeah um, but it's it was so- just on people yeah, Sorry. but it's so funny because even people that I've had on, um, so I have a personal Instagram account and I'd say anyone that follows me and that probably thinks I'm dead at this point because I just don't post on it anymore. They're probably wondering like where I am because um, I do so much with like legal diaries that I completely forget I've my own personal Instagram account. But anyone that I've had on talking about having kind of a business as a side hustle so not like their main job or an extra um account um like I when I was telling my friends or even my boyfriend like it feels like you're coming out to someone it sounds really weird because you're like you're trying to tell them like when I was telling my friends who were also training to be barristers being like well I have this this page where I like share what it's like about what we do and I was really awkward about it and they've been so supportive like I was just chatting to the girls the other day and they were like you're killing it like I can't believe like all of the stuff you put or all the businesses you included they were like and then I was just like oh I just have notions and I'll dismiss it and laugh with them and they were like no you're not they're like it's so good but it's so funny because I was so anxious did you have any of that anxiety about how your friends would feel about why is Matthew doing a Christmas market like or were you just like were they supportive kind of from the get-go um oh no they were like they would, couldn't have been more supportive every single one of them but like everyone at the same time would have been like this what are you doing a Christmas market like this is so <laughs> random but it wasn't even in a judgmental manner but um I suppose like it's a huge like it was so funny because you're so caught up in preparing for it that I will never forget I we finished preparing stopped and we were like we were standing at behind the stall and we were like what if nothing sells? We were like, oh my God. And it was the first time I thought about it. And I was like, this is like, I'm literally leaving myself out here because I've been posting on social media, like, oh, we were doing this. Yeah. And I was like, I'm literally leaving myself in to be absolutely murdered here. But um, no, thankfully it didn't end up that way. And like, if it did, I know well that like, it's a typical case of no one else cares. John, like, no one else cares yeah. about your thing. <laughs> it's yeah. that kind of way. Like, it, when things go well, everyone cares. But you know, if things go bad, you're the only one who's going to overthink it for the next 25 years. Yeah, (laughs) but that's the thing though, like everyone, like it's, and I think it is that kind of inner anxiety for anything that you want to do that you just need to get over because even like when I talk about now some side projects that I want to do or even um, setting up the business and stuff, like so many of my friends are so supportive but I feel such inner anxiety about it because I'm like oh people will think it's silly so just for a message to anyone that's at all listening just go start your business or go start the random Instagram account because you'll find if even if your friends aren't supportive I found online like you'll find your tribe of people like so say I would have reached out to you I've never met you in real life before um like in actual like 
face to face um but and it's the same with every guest that I've had on the podcast like I've created such good friendships and partnerships and relationships yeah. with, with these people so yeah and and have you done how many Christmas markets have you done since that 2018 um, we did one in 2018 and then we did six last year I believe Jesus um, <laughs> you went from like like zero to like 90 like from yeah one yeah, to the next. yeah um no last year was Last year was kind of, I suppose, at, at the Christmas markets were kind of an indicator of like, right, we might be able to do something. Like, yeah. I, I know I didn't ever think it would be at the point it is now, but I, I, that was kind of an indicator that like we might be able to do something because I remember um, like we were working away and Grace, my girlfriend, was there as well. And she was, um, at one stage, she stepped away from the stall and took a picture of, um, I just broke the, I was staying with the handle on my drawers and I just broke that, but we'll come back to that. Uh, the No, she was there and she stepped away from the stall for a minute because at this point, I suppose we were in Clarny and there was probably four of us behind the stall and um, she stepped away and took a picture and she came back and like, I was making crepes or whatever, so my head was really down and she was like, oh my God, there's a queue of like 25 people and I still have that picture, like it's, it, but it, then again, it's one of those things that you like never, ever John, like you just won't forget it, like how kind people were. And I know a lot of those people in the queue were probably like, I don't want to crap, like for fuck's sake, but like I better queue up anyway. So you um, did, you went from doing brainies. So, like, regardless of having 25 people, you went from doing like brainies, like 10, say, trays of brainies, so 96 brainies, to going and making live crepes the year after. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was absolutely insanity. Um, and we were how, doing like crepe and hot chocolate and whatnot, but that'll be sorely missed this year. Not even like yeah. in terms of say business growth, but like it's such an opportunity to meet to meet, people yeah, that, like, or even to so kind of yeah, and even to meet like other small businesses that are kind of in the yeah. the area. Like I'd say, it's such a nice network of people that go to the Christmas markets because they're all of similar size and um. And I even know from talking to some of um, the other kind of Irish small businesses um, on Instagram, like I think that is going to be sorely missed this year um, for Irish businesses, that whole Christmas market. Um, And even for the consumer, because I love, like the thing I wish we did, um, because I love a good Christmas market. I don't know if you've ever been to any of the European ones. Um, but they go like I lived in Brussels, um, and I'm actually raging because um, <laughs> my boyfriend moved over this year for the year, um, and I was so excited because initially, obviously before COVID hit, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna get to go back because I lived there in 2014, 15, and I was like, I'm gonna get to go back, and we're gonna get to go to all these Christmas markets. Like they do it on like if you can imagine the whole of Stevens Green up to. Um, up to say Trinity College in Dublin, yeah, that amount of stalls, food stalls, yeah, everything like, and they've a massive Ferris wheel, and like the whole city is taken over by like European Christmas markets are a hundred percent a must to even go like with your girlfriend or with, with, with friends or whatever just to see. Hopefully, COVID permitting, they'll because I, I highly doubt anyone's going to run them this year in any European country, but like we yeah. started to kind of get into that in Ireland and it was really exciting um and then COVID came along and like quashed loads of it so I know it is going to be because I feel like a lot of the small Irish businesses obviously they don't 
sell from retailers so how they get their big market is through the christmas markets um, yeah. yeah so that's exactly it though i suppose actually i was thinking because one of my like bucket list things was to do the like austrian christmas factors and stuff and I was like this year i'm starting with one of them and um like not setting up there like but like going and um i actually heard as well last i heard this at a christmas market that um if you fly into birmingham in the uk you can get a train to the national convention center or something and it's meant to be an unbelievable christmas market as well and you can do like a day trip from i think it was cork at the time hopefully that returns as well yeah <laughs> but um no, it, like it's going to be hugely missed. And as I said, like it's not for the business growth or the financial gain, or because there is not huge money in, in Christmas markets. Like it's more, it literally is like the camaraderie and you're meeting people. And like it's such, it's such a great way to get into Christmas. Yeah. But, yeah, it's looking very, very unlikely. Yeah. And I even know of, say, um, I have, I know someone who owns one of those kind of gifting websites um, and they sell all kind of Irish suppliers, but they do it on kind of a larger scale and they scout Christmas markets. That's where they get their businesses and oh, they get people God, before yeah. they're ready to set up for wholesale. Um, and they find all these gorgeous, unique pieces by just going to Christmas markets and meeting people and seeing whether or not they'd like to, maybe they themselves don't have the resources to set up and sell their products online. But if they were to say, sell at wholesale cost, like X amount of, yeah. I don't know, necklaces to them, then they get into that market. Um, and even like that, because like, I know there's been a big drive um, by the government to um, the local enterprise offices to set people up online. I don't know if you've seen all the grants and stuff going on at the I've minute. I've seen this one, right, yeah. yeah. But um, like, oh, I just think, I, I think there's, it's the sad thing about COVID and I really hope that people, and that's why I did the business, business post because I want people to go out of their way if they're going to purchase things online, purchase from an Irish, Irish business online. Um, just because yeah, like, yeah major congrats to you on that business post as well it was outrageously good <laughs> the detail that went into that was something <laughs> extraordinary <laughs> i i need to tell people like i'm too type a like i i because i was saying to my boyfriend i was doing it and uh he was like oh yeah you're throwing up a few irish businesses and then i remember chatting with him and i put it up and he was like there's over 700 of them and i was like but i'm still getting messages <laughs> from Irish, from businesses who've seen it on other businesses' stories being like, oh, we'd love to be included, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'm going to do like a, a story and put them in my highlights and more kind of businesses to add oh, to it. Yeah. But, like, That's unbelievable though, well done. Yeah. Because like, it literally is people like, like it's things like that, like people going to the effort of like taking time out of your, like your spare time and going to that effort of supporting like the small Irish business because it takes one click. And that like might be the one that keeps the person who is just about to give up going. Like, yeah, so, and like yeah, but like that's what and like I myself kind of said at the start of like kind of it going into like the Christmas season, say the Christmas purchase season, that because I'm trying to be more sustainable. So I was like, I really want to just buy Irish this Christmas. Um, unless there's something very specific that obviously I can't purchase in, in Ireland or just isn't yeah. an, an yeah. Irish brand. Um, but I think it will be really important from keeping us afloat and not pushing us into the recession that we were in previously um because we are in a recession now and it's it's a really hard thing to i suppose for a lot of people like i i feel very privileged because 
me and you like we still have our our jobs like so the things that we do so say the Sibley is just like obviously you take it very seriously and you work really hard at it but you also teach so so yeah exactly yeah Yeah, yeah. um Um, no like this is gonna be a hugely challenging time as well because I think small businesses had not say become a thing over the last two years or three years even they've really like like people have started to realize that like you're watching all these companies in America do huge things I think like Irish people are starting to realize now that you know what like we could do that too and it probably is the Irish mentality of like you probably put yourself down 10 times before you say you know what I might try something and it just seemed that so many businesses were popping up over the last two or three years yeah and and, to see a lot of those yeah because they're all in very early stages um like like yourself like you even say yourself like to me I'm like you've progressed so far since you started in 2018 but you're like oh we're we're very small like we're really but that's the whole Irish mentality like you're even even if you have multiple siblings around Ireland you're probably still good like oh we're very small like we're a very small business yeah yeah yeah. never content (laughs) yeah and like how so obviously this has brought us on to covid so in 2020 did you what what did you go into 2020 thinking it would be like for the sibley so what were your initial kind of plans that you set out with for 2020 and how did that change um well i suppose like i actually i had them written down here somewhere um i have a notebook that i kind of write in most days just like even scribbles of what's going to happen um yeah so i had written down here and um, we'd add one one to two things to the range um and we'd get a third supplier and i was like and what was the other one no that was it like uh we'd get up to three suppliers and we'd add one or two things to the range and like that'd be a successful year and then i suppose that (laughs) happened thankfully (laughs) and a bit more (laughs) plus that yeah Uh, yeah so like um the goals were smaller because i was like sure if you can like grow a tiny bit every year wouldn't it be great and I suppose like we've probably done four times the business this year, what we've done last year and we're coming into the busiest time of the year. So hopefully we can go further than that again. Yeah. Um, and like, once how, again, like, yeah, no, sorry. go on. Um, it comes down to like the, like how kind people are. And I often, I often ask myself like, would I be that kind of, to like message, message somebody to say, Oh, you need to pick these up or like to share them a store and all this kind of stuff. And like, obviously you think you are but then you see people doing it so much you're like like that's just sheer generosity and that's all it comes down to like um and like it is there's obviously a huge amount of luck as well yeah and like how did you so obviously you got the kind of the key goals plus more of what you wanted did you think that covid would have impacted you a lot more like do you think you came because i feel like you came out of covid i don't want to say great but like I feel like there was probably a lot of demand for your product during COVID, but did you go in with kind of, Asher, that's me done. But then you had so much time because obviously you weren't in college or you weren't teaching or you weren't because COVID hit. So everything kind of shut down. Yeah, um, I suppose. So college finished on the 12th and we had planned to be in a town setting up a stall on the 17th for the St. Patrick's Day Parade. And we were like, right, we're going to make good stuff. We were like, it might go ahead, it might go ahead. And then obviously it was pulled, was it two or three days before it? So I was kind of like, right, we're in a sticky situation now. But um, so what we did was, I kind of was like, look, we'll, I'll tip away. I was like, I have to get college finished anyway so I can prioritize that. And then I was only supplying, say, seriously supplying um, a small cafe. It's a smoothie bar cafe slash they do amazing coffee like smoothies and it's also fruit and veg like it's brilliant and it, all the stuff's compostable and whatnot in there 
but um, all the packaging. Sounds like my but, dream cafe, but like... It's yeah, you're going to have to call down. Yeah. I suppose that was my main supplier and I was only supplying at the weekends because I was in college. And then Catherine rang me, the owner rang me on the, was it the Tuesday night? It was the 17th, I think. And she rang me just being like, look, we're going to close. Um, we're not really sure what we're doing. And so I was like, right, my business is down to um, zero. So I was like, this is fine. We're going to like, we'll find something better. I, I was actually quite confident. And I only looking back now, I was going to like, geez, why was I that confident? <laughs> but um, I was probably just naive as to what was to come. But like, that's what probably spurred you on. Like if you were a bit, not, like if you're a bit less confident about it, you probably wouldn't have been kind of like as full on or kind of ballsy about it. Like you wouldn't have gone into kind yeah. of and approached other suppliers or done what you did yeah exactly um like what happened then was um i suppose she ended up closing for like i think it was three three or four days so like we were back on the cart by the end of the weekend it was brilliant and then i suppose the demand for food and this is when the supporting local started um people are going for like their walk you know you could only exercise within two or three kilometers people mm-hmm. in the town were going for a walk popping in for a coffee picking up a brownie or a scone and um then I suppose we realized I only started the cheesecake pots last December. Well, I did them last summer for a Komogi team, but that was just like once off. And then we started doing them in this um, shop last December. And then I suppose COVID, we're kind of like, geez, people are kind of eating. <laughs> so we're like, we'll up with a small bit and we'll start doing more. And then I suppose the ball started to roll a small bit more in terms of I approached one more supplier, just a small shop down the road from them and I was kind of like it was just hitting hope I was like I'm passing there every day so I may as well occupy my time I, I'm not someone who um I suppose I'm very bad at like sitting down and doing nothing I was gonna um, say you just don't like free time you're like me I'm just like how can I feel yeah. my day <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I'm very bad in terms of like um I'm very bad for watching films and stuff or like I haven't even seen all of friends that kind of sums it up um on Netflix I'm trying to watch it now in the kitchen but I'm getting there um so yeah approached another small shop and that was I was kind of like right look we've brought our suppliers to three because I, I worked in Super Value for three years up until July 2019 so while I was doing as well, and we were supplying there as well but it was like one cheesecake at the weekends and they were selling that in slices and stuff and I was like right we'll see what happens and then private orders kind of increased at a rapid rate in terms of we started to kind of click and collect or like a say you order it you just open your boot um and i'll drop it into your boots so there was zero contact and i was like geez this is kind of going well enough and because i'd never had the time to fully dedicate to it because i was in what happened was i was working in super value as all college students have had to john like you have that shitty part-time job it's so funny because like i worked in super value when i was in like my undergrad (laughs) it seems like a Uh, like my boyfriend did as well it's like a rite of passage it's like you need to work in the super (laughs) value tent and i feel so funny when i go into my other one i'm like i recognize none of these young ones now but sometimes some of them like serve me and i'm like i feel like an owl one i'm like oh i used to work here (laughs) i'm like that was literally about jesus that was about like oh gosh that was ages ago now that was about eight years ago i'm so old Ooh, yeah showing your age yeah i know <laughs> it was only two for me yeah no um, it was like eight years like, ago for me even the things you learn as you know yourself like the things you learn about the public and like how to deal with people like stuff i learned in super value is invaluable just in terms of like bits about where money is made how like where are the main things shop what are the main things shops are selling 
Um, like for, one of the first things I learned was like that um, the markup in baked goods is so small in terms mm. in shops. Like, but um, it was just interesting things like this. And then I suppose when I left Super Value in twenty July, July, the end of July, it was August twenty nineteen. I had like a month off. I was doing a good bit of food and then I was back to college. So I never had time to just dedicate to it until lockdown. So I kind of threw myself in like full force, just see what happens. And yes, yeah, I took off and then like social media is brilliant. Um, as we mm. know, you know, like someone posts it, it just takes one popular person, popular, uh, talk about inverted commas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but now someone with a huge following, whether they're footballers, hurlers, rugby players, makeup artists, and it gives you like the kind of I don't know where to go with this, but it's almost there's in modern society there's like a credibility that like okay these people are approving of it, it's going on their stories. I must try it. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, like yeah, of, but it's that um, it's that kind of influencer marketing, and it's what I say. I millennials and Gen Z, it's what it's what they we buy into you. So like. And like it, it yeah. can go either both ways. It can help a small business like yourself or obviously you can promote then on the other side a product that shouldn't really get the airtime that it does. But it's so good when it's yeah. used properly because I can't even, because I would have came across you during lockdown, but I couldn't even like connect the dots to say how I would have come across your business yeah. on Instagram. Um, just from... I'd probably like I have some friends maybe in the court it just came up and I just love cheesecake so I was just like oh my god um <laughs> match made in heaven like um so I and I just started following you from there and I was just kind of fascinated at all the kind of stuff just how busy you were during lockdown and then I really enjoyed watching the the random um videos that you do up about the fact that you were then building the unit it's well you got the unit and you were doing oh, it outside yeah, during yeah. lockdown um so then what made you bite the bullet and go, I can't just be in my mom and dad's kitchen anymore. I need to like get my own space outside. Yeah, well, I suppose um, I was very, like it comes back, like there's a lot of luck involved in everything as well. But I suppose at that point, the word was kind of spreading that cheesecake pots were really taking off and suppliers kind of started coming to me then being like, oh, would you be interested in here, here? And initially I was kind of like, oh God, like I'm, it was like imposter syndrome and like, which I still have to this day. Like I literally had it an hour before we came on here. I was like <laughs> on this call and I was like, oh my God, I'm not able for this. But um, <laughs> that's that's just the joy of it as well. Um, but yeah, sorry. A few, a huge supplier, I suppose, um, the Sheen Group and Clarity approach being like, oh, um, we'd be interested in trying them or whatever. And I was, I suppose, a target for one of the 2021 targets was going to be to get into Clarity, which is a huge tourist town. And the family kind of came to me and we're like oh would you like um to supply we'll see how they go we we're like we sure we sat down the first time we're like, we might we might sell like geez if we sold 20 every two or three days it'd be brilliant and um because like at this stage like it was really really small scale as well and so we started and then it kind of started to develop and then initially we were kind of just like we do not have space in this kitchen anymore because i'd say a small fridge just for my stuff mm -hmm. but it was on like an under counter fridge as well and we were taking up that fridge the freezer like the family freezer, the my mother's fridge. Um, and then I was kind of pointing to like, look, if if I made the investment now, I won't make a permanent investment in terms of I won't put down foundations and put up black work if I can get like a, a master cabin of sorts. Like that's an asset then in terms of you can always sell it on. And if this thing fails, you're not going to be left with a shed that you're just you throw gym equipment into. Yeah. Or whatever. 
Um, so like, I suppose at some stage you just have to take the chance. And if you were in our kitchen at six o'clock in the morning all summer, you would have been like, get him out of here. Or like 5 a.m. putting a towel over the food processor so you don't yeah. wake anyone else in my house. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was good crap, though. Yeah. And like, how... And it, has it kind of continually grown since you kind of took that plunge and made that investment to get the extra space? Or um, Yeah, thankfully it has. Look, um, I suppose getting into Clarny was huge in terms of it was a market I was targeting and the like the we work with three centres, the Sheehan centres, and they're brilliant. They're a pleasure to work with, but also they have huge footfalls, so more people are hearing about it. Mm. And I suppose young people as well, because the reason I started the whole the Sydney was that I just found that it was a bit of a joke in terms of we went for coffee in Dublin one day in a very famous um coffee shop. I won't I won't name a shame. <laughs> but it was um it was twenty four euros anyway for two coffees and two slices of cake. And I know I'm after going back now, sorry, but the reason no, I started but it's, was it's so it's so true though, because like I so I grew up in Dublin but then I went back for I moved but then I went back for university and when I was anytime I'm home in Kilkenny and I have brunch here I'll go to like pay or whatever do whatever and I'll literally be like so cheap (laughs) I'm like but like I once went there was and we all went and we were all really hung over so it was such a waste of money but we went to another fine uh, Dublin brunch establishment uh, we'll not name any names, but uh, there was six of us, and I'd say our bill came to over two hundred. Oh my god! Yeah, for like um, teas, coffees, like brunch, essentially. Yeah. Um, so it it is. There's a huge kind of markup um in a lot of places. I think I I think I know. I I can kind of guess some places that you're on about, but uh, yeah, yeah. But it was okay. basically it was um two coffees, two pieces of cake, and it was twenty four euro. And I was like, it's a bit of a joke that young people can't go out and get like their coffee and like a nice, a really good sweet treat that's all made, not packed with preservatives for a reasonable price. Because all young people seem to be like directed in the direction of like the one euro jellies are like the cheap biscuits and stuff. Literally yeah. because you're a student, like you can't be affording that. So the the option then for us was make really good quality food, like make really good bad food, if that makes sense. So like your brownie yeah. cheesecakes for a good price for young people and then I suppose Clarny is just packed with young people young people eat. yeah but like it's, that was it. yeah like the one the one big kind of um irks that I have um or pet hate is so I don't drink coffee um which yeah. everyone finds absolutely insane but I actually I just don't yeah. drink coffee <laughs> but uh I whenever I go out anywhere obviously everyone I'm with will get coffee and I find like coffee is a process like in like good coffee beans you usually go into it if you go to a good cafe so they can kind of somehow justify a certain price level but I find what really really irks me as a tea drinker is how expensive the markup is on a cup of tea <laughs> and yeah and even yeah. like I think it's some of the big kind of um cued say um coffee chains what really annoys me because I I don't even take milk and sugar like I get usually get a green tea so they're literally just putting a tea bag in some hot water so um and they charge like say a regular um is x amount to say two euro for example a medium is like 250 
And I'm like, you're charging me 50 cent extra, <laughs> not even for another tea bag for a bit extra water. Like it's one of my biggest, like when I used to be in inns at the weekend, we used to always have like a break. Um, and the girls and I, if they're listening. So I, I got into, I, I used to go down and obviously I don't drink coffee. Everyone would go down and get a coffee from the cafe or a coffee from, I don't know, Centra or like one of those shops. And I'd be like, oh, I really want a tea, but I don't want to pay three euro for. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be that stingy person who I'm going to start bringing my tea bags in for going on my break and just getting hot water because it's it's one of my biggest irks is the markup on tea. Now, I, I do like I love matcha lattes as well and, and I'll pay good price for a good matcha latte. But tea is one of my big things. Um, So and like the amount of money that students spend on tea and coffee is yeah yeah it is huge but i suppose um and i only kind of learned this the more i get into like students the more people you start to like network with but you're as you're saying you know like coffee's become such a big thing you're paying for that experience of you're sitting down you're almost it's like paying rent in the coffee coffee shop that's the cost of the, the price of it yeah because, say, if they have a euro for your tea or like less, you know what? Come here, they could charge you 50 cents to make money. But um, you are paying rent because the, like if you're in, say, any anywhere on Grafton Street even. Oh, yeah, like, you're paying. The, you're, someone else there. You're taking. Food as well. so yeah. Like, <laughs> you're paying. The, you're basically paying the shop rental, the staff fees, the everything that goes into it. But like the cost yeah, yeah. Um, is just like it's a big thing I could go on for hours about how much it irks me um and like I yeah. do often get like a tea but like to pay like three or four euro for a tea just like hurts my soul a little inside um but especially like being a yeah, broke m- millennial like being broke doesn't end after being college kids like so it's all a lie um yeah but, no. yeah <laughs> continues yeah and how um so where are you at so actually one thing I'd be really interested is how did you the initial supplier so obviously during COVID you then have people contacting you to get the cheesecake pots and the other things in the the shops but initially like how did you just waltz into your local cafe and say I do these cakes try some can I stock them in the cafe like how did you get suppliers initially well I suppose the first one the Capaboo and Mill Street that was like number two and I was kind of like oh um they were they just opened a few months I said they saw me come in there, or a few weeks and I said they saw me come in they're like oh god not this <laughs> already but um I walked in with energy balls and at that stage at that time like I was packaging them in um you know, like small plastic cups that you get for um yeah like Show tiny clear plastic cups in there with um red and white checked paper on top and elastic band on the top. So um to say they were homemade would have been an understatement. But um I was like, oh I was just wondering would you be interested in taking a few of these or whatever. And then I kind of heard nothing for like two or three weeks and I was like, oh well <laughs> that's out the window. But anyway, um and then she rang me back and she was like, Yeah, we'd love to start and, and then I suppose we gradually introduced more in terms of brownies, scones um the rocky roads then recently banana bread and we're kind of we're always kind of adding to the range and that's how it started and then i suppose sure once you do it once you kind of try and replicate that over and over again and it never goes as well yeah <laughs> but, yeah you just get used to it and then thankfully i suppose over the last um i suppose since july we've actually just been 
approached by people we don't have to do the approaching if that makes yeah. sense yeah um, like how are you very kind of casual with or flexible with it or would you kind of be very kind of stringent and would you just for anyone that's thinking like would you put an agreement in place or like how do you sort those kind of logistics of things um in terms of like oh, well, how yeah how much they'll who will pay when and like how much markup and stuff like that there will be yeah well i suppose um you like you get used to dealing with people in business after a while and i'm still no expert by any means but i suppose you go in with your prices and what i've learned to do is i suppose you always put your prices a small bit higher because they'll like you'll always have to move some bit yeah and like it's only, it's only fair as well because like realistically you're probably just chancing your arm and they know well but um then i suppose look the more of a reputation you get i suppose whether it's positive or negative if it's positive you were like the power is kind of in your hands a small more because you can say look we have whatever 16 or 17 places on the waiting list at the moment so if we can't come to an agreement <laughs> we'll come to an agreement with someone but i suppose that's really it you like you just need to be yourself as well like i i'm completely against going with this whole you see you often see people being like oh in business like it's just like cutthroat and like that's not the case like 99 percent of people are absolutely lovely to deal with and i'm sure there's a few who take cutthroat approach but like can't imagine it works for them yeah um, like just be nice because like you're dealing with people you have to be nice and like it doesn't cost you anything to be nice or be yeah kind. if only everyone abided by that but yeah no definitely um yeah so just kind of um to to bring a full circle i'd be so interested to hear like what a standard day in the a teacher slash business owner uh of a food company's life is like so like what what's a standard day so say you have orders due um you also have school and stuff you have all of and then obviously you have a personal life so like how how what's a typical day in a life in day in the life like for you um, <laughs> just gonna put a few listeners to sleep out there just be like i'm turning this um yes yeah, so i suppose look um i suppose yesterday's probably a good example because i was in the kitchen as well so i live in cork city and I'm teaching at Cove, um, which is about 20 minutes outside Cove. And then the kitchen is about an hour and 10 minutes from where I'm living. And 40 minutes from the school. So yesterday morning, I got up around, what day was yesterday? Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Yesterday morning, I got up about, I think it was quarter to seven. And I kind of just like check emails and bits and bobs. There's never really much because I kind of, I tried to clear all the messages and emails the night before. So that I can kind of wake up to a clean slate. Um, so get up, check emails, jump in the shower, um, breakfast, whatever. Then head to school. I'm kind of in school for about quarter past eight. I try and get around 20 minutes of like food work done before school starts. And then as far as I'm concerned, school starts 25 to nine and finishes at quarter to four. Or sorry, yesterday was half day and we finished at one o'clock. So started at half, 25 to nine. So I like I log out of my food email and stuff then because I don't think it's actually fair that you're like you're being employed by someone else you can't be double jobbing yeah you, you <laughs> can't do that um because I know if someone's doing it with me I'd be like no <laughs> but so it's kind of case of log out of emails go in do your school days whatever classes um then yesterday finished at one o'clock I'd we meetings after school so I was there till two um then I was straight in the car I'd call to a few suppliers get ingredients um and I was home in the kitchen for four o'clock and then I was working in the kitchen until nine. 
stopped for dinner, um, which was a great perk of being home because mom was cooking. <laughs> um, otherwise, it would have been a very quick omelet or something. And then I suppose I was back up here and I was back up in Cork and I kind of did my calls and stuff on the way back up in the car. Um, the Nissan Micro had to be replaced, unfortunately, last December. <laughs> I was um, thinking I was like very fancy Nissan Micro being able to make no. calls in the car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the um, the battery started to go on it. Not just the battery, sorry, the engine started to go on it, <laughs> and it became unreliable. Unfortunately, it broke my heart to get rid of it. Um, but I suppose a few calls in the car, just like catching up on bits and bobs. Um, like that's kind of personal calls, and then business calls, just like sorting out the weekend coming. And then I was back up here for, I think it was half 10. I'd quick bite to eat, chat with folks here. And then I, what did I do? Oh, I did it like a small exercise thing just for 20 minutes and then went to bed and then started again this morning at the same time. <laughs> it was good. I um I like it that way though. Like it's good. Yeah. Um, and like what, like what's made you kind of, so obviously you were at home for lockdown. Were you in your parents' house? So, like, what did you move kind of to where you are for just because it's closer to work? Or, like, what made you add that extra kind of, like, 40 minute in between or hour and 10 minute in between for you for to get to the kitchen? Yeah. Well, I suppose the only reason I um, went for a job away that wasn't local was because I knew if I went for a job and I was living at home that I would not be committed to the job. And, like, you have to be kind of, you should, I kind of have to sit down with myself and be like, where are you applying for a job? Because if I was home at four o'clock, like I could promise you that I would be supplying everywhere every day of the week. <laughs> and no, like it's not even a joke. Like, yeah. Um, You're like, I need the it, kitchen away from me. At least a half yeah. an hour drive away from um, me. That was essentially it because I would have tried to do both. And like this, like I was going to say that neither would have went well, but like, or neither would have got like my full attention, but I just know for a fact school wouldn't have got my attention. And like, yeah. that, you just have to be like, you, you can't be like, Oh, you can do everything because you can't do everything. You can try your best, but like you still need to do a good job of everything yeah. you do. So I couldn't stretch myself in every angle. Yeah. So I applied for a job that was away because I knew I was going to have to move up. Like, and then I suppose the other thing was I was really unsure whether I was going to pursue it full time or not. The food. So I said, if I moved away, I'd like time to live a life away from the food slightly. Yeah. And like that was grand for like the month of September, but like to be honest, since October it's really like <laughs> been mixed up. Um yeah. like been a jumble of food and school. But that was really it. Because if I was near the kitchen, I would just be there and just yeah. doing food work and supplying everywhere as well. And do you because that's my question, like, do you think you will keep kind of coexisting in two separate lives? <laughs> or will you go yeah. teaching full time? Or do you see yourself go Sibley food full time. Um, that's a very good question. <laughs> no, I'm gonna make. I'll probably make a decision next summer. To be honest, um, and like when I mean full time, I'll like for I'll do one year of just one. Yeah. Um, just see what happens, like, because I haven't really got full experience of what the teaching life is like, in terms of like you know I'm not finishing at four o'clock and being finished, and kind of finishing at four o'clock and like racing to kind of ring splurs or whatever before they close at five. Um, yeah. so I see look there's no pressure like it's a good position to be in I can't complain and like I yeah. love it like, it's good crack um, yeah. it's fun but we, we will see time will tell yeah we'll see if you'll train the siblings up to keep take over for a year 
Yeah, my 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 trust issues could be the um, influencing factor there. <laughs> Micromanaging from like the classroom, just checking in after a PE class to make sure <laughs> yeah. that like all the everything's going okay. Um, but yeah, I suppose just to kind of finish up, what would be your? So obviously, this is going to be a time where a lot of people unfortunately have a lot of time because a lot of people have found themselves unemployed even a lot of college students that might have had a part-time job um don't have that part-time job anymore um um and now they're like okay well I'm really good at this or I can do this or I can offer this service I think I'm gonna go start a business what would be your kind of top three tips from your experience um or say not even say tips and lessons of what you've had over say the past two years of running Sibley um well I suppose number one is like you can learn from absolutely everybody in terms of I know there's been one or two people that and if they hear this they'll know exactly who they are that like have influenced me a huge amount in terms of like the help they've given me they obviously like would give me advice when I was like what like I'm literally making one cake a weekend but like you need to learn from people who know significantly more than you and then see I'm probably a bad person to ask this question because I'm fairly hard on like myself I suppose as well but um <laughs> like you need to learn from other people's number one definitely so if you're interested in food it doesn't have to be the food like the food expert down the road that you learn from anyone who has business can give you some bit of advice like you learn from absolutely everybody but the second thing would be like oh uh, don't do it unless you are fully committed like there's no point being like um oh like I can't take this order I can't whatever if you're going into jewelry or fashion I can't just because I'd love to go to the weekend like you need to be fully accepting that like it's impossible to balance everything and like I try my very best like I if if I can like work all day in the kitchen and get out Saturday night for dinner or whatever we are going out but like it is very stressful and I suppose it's the people around you as well that's probably the third one are so important because like I know the patience that like my family and friends had has been incredible because like I'm not as I said like it's not a big business like I don't know how big business people do it but like the patience they've had in terms of like me being a hindrance to society (laughs) Um, (laughs) or like just their day-to-day life is just huge because it is like all it dominates everything in terms of like the phone will go like you will get 15 phone calls a day in the summer and yeah. like they will come at meal times, and like you'll be in positions where you're chatting to someone in a cafe or something, and like people are so patient. So okay, once again, off on a tangent. However, nope. I'm back. I'm it's a good point, though. Yeah. <laughs> um. So your first, okay, three points. So your your first one has to be, and now come here. I probably wouldn't take my own advice, so I don't know who should take this advice. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, no. Look, the first one is the. I'm after going. I another idea to came learn from people. Away. Yeah, <laughs> another idea came in, but I'm actually going to leave that to the side. Yeah, um, <laughs> you you no, can give four. First... We'll, we'll allow you to give four if you want. No, I'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, the first one is learn from everybody, and I suppose don't be afraid to ask questions because I remember a guy used to commit to Superfellow, and he owned this company, and they essentially like filled up ATM machines. So like he owned the company that they sent people around filling up ATM machines. And he was like, one of his, the first things he was like was, um, one of the first things he said to me was like, oh, um, he kind of heard that I was making cakes or whatever. And he was like, um, you know what to do now? He was like, start picking the brains of all the reps of what's going to be big in the next couple of years. And he was like, you can learn from absolutely everybody. And that was the first thing. And then I suppose another guy, um, Kieran, who's been 
like if you're looking up to someone like he was probably the person I was looking up to all along in terms of business but the first thing he said was like oh um what you need to do is the first time you meet someone you need to shake their hand he's like the most important thing you'll ever do is shake someone's hand do you know what's shake really funny um a we can't shake hands anymore and b you'll notice and i never noticed it until i became a barrister but barristers don't shake hands yeah why i don't know like it's a thing whatever like i and i never noticed it until someone said it to me but i'd go down say when i was in inns um training and it's not that all of them don't do i don't mean to stereotype any barrister listening but i go down for court for where i work um because i'd be attending a barrister for a case um at the time and you'd go down and you'd meet someone do you know the way your initial reaction when you meet someone is to go shake their hands yeah they don't do that and I suppose I kind of when I started to think about it like the amount of people that they come across every day um around the courts and stuff like that like if you were to stop and shake absolutely everyone's hand like you'd just be like you could couldn't do but it was never a thing I ever noticed until someone said that someone that she works with said it and now it's a thing that I can't help but notice that whenever I've met any barristers like because it's an automatic reaction for a lot of people to be like, oh, it's lovely to meet you, blah, blah, blah. My name is, no, like you're just yeah. like, oh, I'm working. And you kind of just like, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing. I, I don't know about solicitors, um, but yeah, no, it's a thing that people are like, barristers never really shake hands. So there, there you go. There's yeah. <laughs> um, no, so look, for, number one would be like, you can learn from everybody and don't be afraid to ask questions because no one's going to come up to you and give you a random piece of advice if you haven't, if you didn't ask a question to like evoke that um, advice. Then I suppose the second point was like, if you're going to do something, just give it your, like, I know it's easy to say like, oh, just like go in a hundred percent, like, but really do like try your very, very best because nobody's going to buy into something if you're not putting in the really hard work as well. Say, as you were doing with the legal diaries now, like the post last night's a prime example, like people are going to buy into like, if someone can go to the effort of that, like, people appreciate it because if you're providing a service it needs to be to top quality like i wouldn't pay for something if it wasn't up to scratch like does that make sense yeah no definitely and (laughs) then like find third one and probably the most important is like you need to surround yourself with the right people like people who like get what you're doing or get what's going on and like then the fourth one that i was going to come back to was um you do need well look these are this is like my advice to myself i should probably listen to this back because i don't apply hardly any of these like i'm like especially it's this so one. funny like my advice to you is just and i'm so bad at it as well like me like saying to my friends oh i just have absolute notions like where i'm so self-deprecating but you are like i feel like you are also very you're like oh i shouldn't listen to my advice because yeah. so, yeah. i should listen but like you've obviously like uh, for anyone listening like you you've done well like you survived covid which i think is a testament to the business in itself the fact that you came through a health pandemic and an economic you're coming through an economic crisis so yeah yeah we won't say came through just yet yeah all, you're coming through yeah um no but i suppose the fourth one was i was saying like the third one was surround yourself with people but the fourth one has to be um like it can't be your whole life in terms of if you're doing something like an example was i suppose in the middle of summer we were going wakeboarding we went out for dinner on a saturday night a group of us and joined us all dinner and drinks cracked that started in level whatever it was this was before levels i think actually but um we went out for dinner and we were like oh we're gonna go um we're gonna go wakeboarding the following morning and i was like oh i need to be in the kitchen i need to be in the kitchen i was like fuck it i go it'll be grand but um like you do need to be able to at times just say like okay just stop 
they were like, yeah. for the sake of five or six cheesecakes, like, go enjoy yourself. Because I suppose it comes back to the whole thing of that my mother's like always asking me, it's like, if you died in the morning, would you be happy? Or if you tro- if you're told you the week to live in the morning, would you would you be happy? Yeah. But um, no, like you do need to make time for yourself, and sometimes you need to be really strict. And like people probably laugh at me as well that like I'm so stringent with my time, in terms of like not time for people, like just my own time. Say if I come home from school, I'm like right, I'm giving myself like thirty minutes to go training, and like I'm stopping then because I have to go like meet up with the lads or whatever. But and people are like sure you should be able to like relax in your training and all this, but I'm just like nah, it's grand. <laughs> um yeah no those are those are some really good tips um definitely and they've they've obviously like helped you um and kept you going for the past like two years with with Sibley so for anyone listening where can they obviously in the run-up to Christmas and to support Irish businesses where can anyone in the Cork and Kerry area um find (laughs) um or if they want a meal plan thing you can talk about that the 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 thing that you've added on to um so Um, where where can people find you yeah so look i suppose um if you're looking to like see what we're doing or whatever what the crack is is um instagram's probably your best one it's at matzer it's m-a-t-t-z-z-e-r then we have a facebook page the sydney food company and we have website and stuff coming down the line but to be honest, just it's been pushed aside <laughs> at the moment, and then I suppose look over the next couple of weeks in the run up to Christmas, we hope to stock um Clarny Mill Street Newmarket, um Clarny Mill Street Newmarket, Rathmore and Kerry as well, and we're unfortunately we're fully booked out since um the beginning of October, but <laughs> in terms of like Christmas cakes, but. We will be stocking there, so obviously all support will be hugely appreciated. Um, yeah. But we'll see. Look, we've yeah. we've made it this far, and we'll see. And all for all us poor souls, not within a five-kilometer radius of <laughs> Killarney yeah. and uh, Cork. When um, I know we um, spoke about this briefly, so do you have plans to kind of expand Sibley out nationwide, or to to make it more kind of? To, to to leave the Revel County? Um, I don't know why anyone would leave the Revel County, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to stay here. Um, no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, look, there is plans. Um, I suppose if we can meet demand, like if we can meet the demand of Cork first, we will expand then once we're in a position to do so. But there is, like, there's no question there is big plans for that. Um, once everything, fought, like I've talked about luck a few times throughout and we will need a lot of luck for this to happen, but it is in the pipeline, hopefully. But we're, we're, pu- we're, we're putting it out there. We're putting it yeah, out into we, the universe and making it happen. Good, yeah. yeah good um, but yeah, so I think that's um, everything for me. Um, for anyone, be sure to go check out, even to watch the puppy videos or the aesthetic <laughs> like baking like you just put up these videos like today I think you put up a thing of like lotus biscuits and I was like this is going into a cheesecake I like and it was just <laughs> the, the seeing them that I was like oh my god so um yeah definitely for anyone who's listening and um, follow along and thank you so much for coming on board for a podcast no thank you fair play for what you're doing like it's a serious achievement and feat I could never start a podcast I'd be like nah <laughs> it would not I, work for me I don't know why yeah I don't know why I started but it, it's it's kicked off um so yeah it, it's been great 
thank you for tuning in to another Legal Diaries podcast. Be sure to follow along on all the social media channels at legaldiaries.ie on Instagram, www.legaldiaries.ie and on Twitter, it's legal at legaldiaries underscore ie. Thank you.